So welcome everyone today to Psalms Through the Eyes of the Living Letters. And today we are on Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32. Uh, for those of you that are just now joining us, I want you to realize what we're doing right now is going through Psalm 119. And Psalm 119 is broken down into each one of the 22 Hebrew Living Letters. And they're all broken down into eight verses. And so right now we're at the very beginning of this. We've already gone through Aleph, Beit, and Gimel, and we're moving on into Dalet. And Dalet, again, comprises of verses 25 through 32. But as Father has been taking me through this, there's been some, it's just been a beautiful path that the Father has taken me down. Now, from the, from the perspective of the Hebrew living letters, Dalit is a, is a Hebrew letter that represents a door. And so in that place of a door, you look at that place where you're going from one place to another, or if you can go there from one dimension into another, or if you will, just as simply as going from the outside of your house to the inside of your house. Now here in the South, that's vitally important this time of the year because it's 85 degrees outside and 70 something degrees in the house. <laughs> so there's a definite difference when you walk through that door in just the very physical sense of it all. How much more so in the spiritual sense? Because every time we walk through a door, we really are moving into a place, if you can go there with me, into a place of a new beginning, a new aspect, a new dimension, a new way of seeing things, a new way of being able to do things. Where I could go outside and sweat like crazy, I can come inside and do the same work and not necessarily have to sweat as badly. So you get, you get the idea. This one today has really been messing with me a lot. Uh, Father began to open up a door the other day to something that I want to share with you. And we're going to do some things that are going to be a little bit different than we normally do in, in class. So I just want to kind of forewarn you with, with the path that we're about ready to take. You know, it's funny because when you think about a door, you, we don't always think about the path to that door. But the truth is, is that every door comes because we walk along a path. And then we come to the door and then we move into the other dimension. And then there's a path after we go through that door. So you're going to hear me talk about a lot of that today. You see, in Psalm 119, verse 25, it begins with this. It says, my soul has clung to the dust. Revive me in accordance with your word. I have recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. And I want to start from right there today, because this is what led me into, the Father led me into this place where, that part of me is not even sure that I can even handle this today. I mean, in, in the sense of I can, I mean, just, just the, the way that it's, it, the, the heaviness of the, of, the, of the Father that I'm sensing on this, the heaviness of the Holy Spirit on this. I love this because it opens up with the statement, my soul has clung to the dust. Now, when we look at this from a Western mindset, we always think of our soul as being that part of us that is, you know, our mind, our will, and our emotions, because that's what we've been taught for years. And the truth is, is that is a, that is a great definition of our soul. Uh, 
then we also see the place of our spirit, because we've been taught uh, this place of the Trinity of who we are, our body, soul, and spirit. And we've seen each and every one of these as three separate things. But from a Hebraic perspective, the soul and the spirit are actually the same thing. In other words, the soul is the expression of the spirit that is on the inside. And so it's kind of like it's kind of like how my body has a soul in the sense where my soul is the personality of what you see here in the earth. That part that's that's tangible, that part that's walking on on the ground just like you and I are like like all of us are. And and the paths that we all take, the the natural aspect of that. My soul is the expression of 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 my flesh, but my soul at the same time is also an expression of my spirit, and it's seen as the same thing. And I love this because the truth is, is within in Hebrew, there's actually five different words or five different words that can actually be translated into soul. Now, that doesn't mean that in every place in Scripture that those those words are used as soul or translated from the from the original Hebrew into the King James as soul. But you're going to find that there are definitely five different types. And the first one is nefesh. Nefesh is essentially the animal aspect. In other words, it's that place of where as a as a body, I'm a vessel and I'm a vessel that is needing to be filled. Right. I'm a vessel that is crying out to be filled. It's an empty vessel. And the father wants to the, wants me to cry out and 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 see. He wants me to cry out in that place of being filled by him. And I ask him to come into me and fill that part. And when I do, I open up this vessel and allow his light to permeate every fiber of my vessel. And it's funny because, let me move on from that. Uh, There's a path that I could take there. And the Holy Spirit says, no, no, that's not the one that I want to go on right now. But there's a a place where where that, that vessel becomes full of light. And so the nefesh is that place of of the, if you will, the earthly desires, that place where, if you will, my flesh is crying out for things like food, for relationship, for for whatever you want to put in that place. But it's the aspect of the animal nature of that. It's the aspect of the things that we need on a day-to-day basis. You understand what I'm talking about there now. So when he says, my soul has clung to the dust, He's going to that place where I realize in and of myself that I'm a vessel and and every part of the fiber of my being is crying out to you, Father, because my my flesh is is eating the dust. It's it's planted itself in this place where where I, I realize that that the dust of the earth, the things of the earth cannot fulfill the need that I have on the inside of me. See, that dust of the earth is kind of referring to that, the needs that are being met. Well, the dust of the earth won't do anything. It's the light of the Father that changes us. It's the light of the Father that 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 fills us. If you will, it's his the water of his word, just like the woman at the well, when when she came and uh and and came before Yeshua and he and she says, you know, to get something to drink. And Yeshua says, well, if you ask of me, I will give you water where you'll never thirst again. In other words, that which I give you will fulfill that need in the inside of including that animal aspect of who you are. Now, I love this because the the, the actual, I'm going to only go three levels, but there's nefesh, ruach, and neshima that's in, in, in the Hebrew. Ruach, 
I mean, we, we talk about Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And so Ruach is that place of, of us beginning to realize that there is more. Neshema is the outward expression of, if you will, that inward aspect of the light of the Father being shown about. I was listening to a, a rabbi priest the other day, or a rabbi, sorry, not a rabbi priest, but a rabbi the other day. Uh, actually, he's not a rabbi, but still, I, I'm going to call him that in this case because because of the the position he holds, and I and I and I love listening to this guy. And he uh, and he was talking about somebody was telling him about having met his daughter, and she and he and the the, the woman said, "Your daughter is a neshima of you." In other words, all of the things that I I see as the positive aspect of who you are is also being portrayed through the beautiful aspect of the way your daughter is. I mean, what greater compliment when, if you will, it's kind of like what Yeshua, uh, what Yeshua was saying when he when he was asked the question, and he answered, "Well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father." I am the Neshima of my father in the earth. Does that make sense? So when it says here that my soul is clung to the dust, revive me in accordance with your word. It is your word that allows. It's your light. It's your water that begins to take me out of that dust, out of that place of, of desiring those things that won't last because my heart wants to desire you. I'm changing the intent of my heart to focus on the desire of you. I have recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Now, I love this word statutes here because in the Hebrew, there's kind of a better way of putting that word into the English, at least to me, that has helped me a lot. Instead of saying Teach me your statutes. What Father began to show me was this word means, teach me your boundaries. Teach me your boundaries. And it gave me a picture of a child, you know, me as a little child being in a, in a backyard inside of a fence. And, and of course, for a parent, there's an opportunity where the child can go outside. When you know the child can't get outside of the fence, then the child can go out and play. And be protected in a place where they're not going to run off. They're going to be in a, in a safe place. But yet at the same time, they have the freedom to be able to do whatever it is that they want within the boundaries of that backyard fence. You know, that includes that includes building building castles and building tents and 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 building fortresses, you know, and all the games that you play as, as a child. And the truth is, is that, that that we can we can start off looking at it from that perspective, but then it moves into the place where we we begin to see as adults. There's there are boundaries that we have as adults. There 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 is the paths that the Father has given us that He is wanting us to walk along. And if you will, those paths have boundaries. We don't want to go off on one. You know, we used to we used to call it going off into the ditch, right? We don't want to go off between the two two other sides of the ditches. We want to be able to walk along that path. Why? Because the Father is taking us somewhere. You see, in Hebrew, there are two different words for the word path. The second word is only found in just a few places. 
the first word is found throughout almost all of Scripture. The Hebrew word for path is derech, and it really speaks about a public path, a path that everyone walks on. The other one for path is the Hebrew word nativ, or if you will, nativot, or the mini paths. That, that word nativot means mini paths, but, but nativ, which is the root word there, actually means a personal path a private path, one that you and you alone walk on. In other words, there's this place, you know, when I, those of you that have heard me talk before, have heard me talk about how when the father took me into the secret place, one of the first things that he told me was that I did not have to leave the secret place. I could remain in there. As long as I chose with the intent of my heart to remain in that place, I never, ever had to leave that place. And for me, the the word, the way that I like to describe my secret place is the universe of two, the universe of just the Father and I, Yeshua and I, if you will. And believe it or not, sometimes in the in the in the place of the secret place, sometimes I'm speaking with Yeshua, if you will. Sometimes I'm speaking in the perspective with Yeshua, and sometimes I'm speaking to the Father. See, for me, we, I, Yeshua paved, paved the way, and he, and, he, and he brought us to that path of doing what? What was the intention of Yeshua here on the earth? And that was to point us back to the Father, to bring us back to the Father. And so in that place, sometimes I'll talk to Yeshua, sometimes I'll talk to, to the Father, but it's still the universe of two, where it's just him and I. Nothing else exists there. No devils, no demons. Nothing else exists in that place except him and I. So the question is, these paths, or the statement that I, that I said in the beginning here, is that these paths will lead us to the place of a door. And in this place of Psalm 119, these words that we're talking about in here that begin every sentence in Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32, begin with the living letter, Dalet. But I want to go somewhere. I want to go somewhere with this. This is going to be a little different from what we've ever done before. So just, just follow along with me. I want you to close your eyes with me. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but sometimes when I'm speaking, I almost find it better for me to close my eyes and speak. <laughs> Uh, many times part of that is because I'm not, not that I'm trying to not look at anybody or anything like that, but my heart is to be that of Zadok. And I want to look to the face of the father and speak from that face. Uh, now your faces always, always are, show me this place of, 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 of crying out for the father too. So I, I, I love that. I, I love when I do open my eyes that I'm, I'm looking into the face of my father as I look into your face. But there are times when I just I need to focus and on just on him and what he's saying here. And that's what I'm doing right now. Because uh, uh, Apostle uh, Damon Thompson, now some of you know that uh, uh, the Gates of Zion is no longer Gates of Zion. It's now called the Homestead Mobile. And uh, Apostle Aaron has moved on to some things that he needs to be able to accomplish and, uh, and has stepped down as being the, uh, the pastor apostle of our church. And Damon Thompson is now the, the 
the pastor slash apostle of the church. Now, this is a good thing. This is not a church split or anything like that. So this is a very, very good thing. It was a it was a passing down of the generations is what Apostle Aaron said. He said, I need to allow the next generation to be able to rise up. And he stepped down and allowed the next generation to rise up. So it was a beautiful, a beautiful aspect. And Damon was, was speaking the other day and he said something that when he first said it, it was like, I knew that, but I didn't know it at the same time. In other words, it was like suddenly there was a remembering of something that I was hearing for the first time, but there was a part of it that was so ancient, it felt like I was remembering it at the same time. And he made a statement with this. He said, when it came time for the time of the sacrifice, where where the, the lamb would be brought before the temple, where it was getting prepared to be sacrificed upon the altar, the focus of what was going on there at the temple was not the inspection of sin, but the inspection of the lamb. In other words, the priest didn't come before the, the, the owner who was bringing this lamb, the one, the, the head of the household for the family, and say, what are the sins that need to be dealt with here? He said, let's look at the lamb. And he began to inspect the land. And so let's take a moment just to do that. Let's think about the process of this. Let's think about the path because there's, there's a door here. There's a door here in the place of the sacrifice, right? But we got to think about the path. Let's inspect the lamb for just a moment. You see, there's a backstory behind all of the process that leads up to this. When a lamb is first born, one of the things that the that the head of the house the the would would do is to to look at each lamb that was being born. Why? Because he knew that there was going to have to be a lamb that during that time of of the sacrifice of the sin sacrifice that they would have to take a lamb before the temple and that lamb would be used to be uh, to to take away their sin for that year. Now I'm talking about it from the Old Testament perspective here, to take away their sin from that year. But the backstory is is that when the when they're first born, the 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 head of the house goes in and he begins to they begin to look and find that lamb that is without blemish. Now once they find that lamb that is without blemish, instead of allowing them to go out into the rest of the field where the rest of where the rest of the sheep go, that lamb has a very special place. It's brought into the household. And so it's almost like almost like it's a pet. Don't look at it like it's a pet, but it's kind of it becomes really a part of the family. You see, it comes in and the kids begin to play with it. The, 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 you know, you have to take care of that lamb as he's, as he's going through. Now, you have to be very careful because remember, this, this lamb has to remain without blemish until the time where they're going to be sacrificed. So there's a caring for that lamb. And, and it becomes a part of the family. And I can, I can imagine where this lamb would, as it, as it gets used to this place of being inside of the household, begins to interact with every member of the house. And it begins to, to if you will, crawl up on the laps of, of sleeping children, on the slaps of the, of, the, of the sleeping husband and wife. And so they cuddle up next to, to, the, to the, 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 the family there as they sleep, so the, 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 the lamb itself can sleep. And there's this place of this intimate 
uh, a connection between the two of them. Cause just like a pet, you know, or when, when you pick up a pet and you bring them up to your, uh, to your chest, you know, sometimes they'll fall asleep in that place. Better yet. Uh, let's, 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 let's come away from this pet aspect of it. And let's look at it from the place of our children. I mean, I remember the days when my daughter was little and one of my favorite things even now is the remembering of that place where I would place her up on my chest and lay her down and pat her, pat her backside and allow her to fall asleep while her, her ear was up against my chest, hearing my heartbeat. You see, very similarly, this lamb would do the same thing and be a part of the family. And then it comes the day where the, the, uh, the head of the household needs to bring this lamb and present it before the priest. But you see, I see something a little bit deeper than that. Because all the while, while, the, the, while each and every one is looking at the lamb, realizing what this lamb is, is going to be used for, each and every one of them within that, that household begins to look at that lamb and realize this lamb is without blemish. This lamb has done nothing wrong. And the sins that I've committed over the past year will be taken on to that lamb so that its sacrifice, when its blood is spilled, those sins have now been remitted. They've been canceled. So you see, even from the Old Testament perspective of the lamb, that lamb who knew no sin became sin. And so you see, there's the aspect where I begin to realize that the, 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 the depth and the weight of what's going on here, as I see that this lamb is going to carry my sin to the place where it gives its life, for the covering, even if it was an inferior, you know, an inferior uh, sacrifice. Some say it, it was an inferior sacrifice. I don't believe it was. I do not believe it was. Was there a better plan? Was there a better place? Yes, through the blood of Yeshua, but I'll get to that in just a minute. I'm focusing more on the, on the Old Testament aspect of it. But does that make it any less true that the lamb who knew no sin really became my sin to be able to bear that on the on the on the at the place of the altar? So there's a there's an introspect that as I begin to realize that it, and and so as I as I think about this lamb taking on these things, it makes me begin to realize, wow, someone who's done nothing. This lamb who's done nothing is taking this on. And it begins to bring up this place of, well, then, is there more that I need to be looking at besides just the fact that this lamb is taking on my sin? In other words, what are the ways of the lamb? What is the heart? What is the intent of the heart of the lamb? And I know you might can diminish it in the fact that it was an animal. But animals have souls. Animals have expression. And so this animal 
really there's there's only one thing that I can guarantee for sure that I know that that lamb could give to the rest of the family. And that's his love. That is his love. That's why he crawled up on their laps and would snuggle with them at the times when they were sleeping, would walk alongside and play with them during the times when it was play, would be a part of everything that was going on, enjoy the times when there was laughter, you know, and and, and sit somberly during those times when things were tough. You see, it's more than just looking at what it's what it's doing, what it what it has to do, but how it's doing it. And you see, in that place, when the when the head when they where they bring the 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 sacrifice to the temple, you see, I want you to imagine you yourself as being the lamb for right now, just a moment. And I want you to think about how it feels like when suddenly you come to a place where you've always been with the family, but now you're in a place where there's a lot of sounds and a lot of noises that you've never heard before. You can tell something's going on. You can smell the burning flesh that's being burnt upon the altar. You can, you can, you can sense that there is something deep going on. And then there's a great anguish, if you will, that comes on that lamb because the lamb begins to give, you will get to be a little bit afraid or, or, or just becoming into this place of anguish because it's, it's new to them. It's a new place that they've never been at before. Because see, once they take, once they're taken into the place of the temple, then that, that head of the house and the priest come over to the place of that lamb and they begin to inspect the lamb. Once again, before the sacrifice is taken, they inspect that lamb to make sure that that lamb is without blemish. Again, now when I'm sitting there as I'm looking at now I'm not the lamb any I'm not the lamb anymore. I'm I'm the head of the house looking at the lamb. And I look at that lamb and I begin to realize you are about ready to take on the things that I've done for this year and the sins and and, and be able to remit these sins for this year. You're taking on those things. And but I've I've loved you. I've I've you know you have you've done nothing wrong yourself, and I've loved you. I've cared for you. This the I I can think about the smiles and the fun and the all the things that we've had up to this point. And in the meantime, the lamb goes through some anguish. The lamb begins to act a a, a little bit afraid, and so in that place, the 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 the. The owner, the head of the household has to look into that the eyes of that lamb and begin to speak to that lamb, begins to say, I love you. I am so thankful for you. And he begins to calm that lamb down because, see, in the sacrifice, in the law, if that lamb was sacrificed during the time where it was very afraid, it would taint the sacrifice. That's That lamb had to die willingly had to die in the place of peace. And it was the owners or the, the head of the house's responsibility to calm that lamb down. Now, I know this whole time that even though we've been speaking about just the lamb and looking at it from the perspective of the Old Testament, I know that every one of you has also been looking at it from the perspective of Yeshua 
being that lamb. Because if it's true of that lamb in the Old Testament, how much more so is it true when the one who takes away the sin of the world, the lamb of God, comes before that place of the sacrifice? And I know you may be asking, now, wait a minute. What about the anguish? What about the fear? Jesus wouldn't have had no fear. Well, I'm not going to answer that question, but I'm going to leave you with the question in that, in that stead and let Holy Spirit and you answer that question together. And that is this. If I cannot see a place in Yeshua where I can, I can recognize the things that I would be dealing with in that same place, in other words, the anguish and the fear. If I can't see the humanity of Yeshua, how could I ever imagine that I could be like him? I could always find a reason why he was different and he did something different. But Yeshua came to show us that, that he too dealt with all the things that we do as, as, as why? Because he too was human. So what do I mean by that? Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46 says this, and he came out and went, and as he went to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed, and he, when, it, when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about the stones cast, and he kneeled down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it be willing, remove this cup from me. He was in great anguish. His, his, his flesh was crying out, I don't want to have to do this. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. The father grabbed a hold of the face of Yeshua, and he looked at him, and he began to minister to him. He began to speak to him. He began to calm him down. He began to go through that place of saying, there's a promise here. I know your flesh is crying out that you don't want to do this. But you are going to show the rest of the world the path and the place, the native, the personal path and the personal place where they begin to walk and begin to realize who they are. They are my sons. They are my daughters. They are my children. And he began to calm him down. And being in agony, he prayed even more earnestly. And his sweat was as, if, as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And he, when he rose up from the prayer, he went and came to his disciples. And he found them sleeping. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Now, right after this is when they came to him. This was in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. This was that place just before the sacrifice where the father himself came down and grabbed the face of Yeshua and said, there's a, there's a purpose. There is a, there is a path. And you, my son, are the one who will be walking that path first. I'm going to open up things in you to allow all of those that come in through you, through the door, through this place, to be able to walk into a new place in me. 
You see, that's not all the story. Because see, once the sacrifice has, has happened, and if you will, from the Old Testament, the slitting of the throat, in the case of Yeshua, the dying of, uh, on the cross, there was something else that happened. You see, in the Old Testament, once the slit, once the throat of the, of the lamb was slit, that priest would hold on to that lamb until the life of that offense was gone. In other words, the life of that lamb had been completed. And that ended that place of the life of that offense. And in doing so, the priest was saying, case dismissed. It is finished. You see, Yeshua did that once and for all. So you see, when we go back and when we go back and look at this, my soul is clung to the dust. Revive me in accordance with your word. I have looked at my ways. And as I looked at my ways, and as I looked into your eyes, the lamb who was taking on these sins, you answered me, and you showed me your paths. You showed me your boundaries. You showed me that place of how I could be. All I had to do was to choose to do that. You see, to me, the door, the Dalit is, a, is, is not just a door, it's the door of choice. Do I walk in or do I walk out? The door is a door of choice. Let me understand the way of your paths. Let me understand the way of your boundaries, that I may discuss your wonders, that I may see the place and, and be able to, to do the things that I've seen you do. I, my heart is to be like you. I want to be like my father. I want to be like you, Yeshua, who looked into the face of the father and became what he behold. He, I want to, I want to, to, to be, be it said of me that when you've seen me, you've seen my father. My soul may drip away from sorrow or drips away from sorrow. Sustain me in accordance with the herb. My flesh may still cry out in sorrow in the midst of all of this because my, you know, there's there's specific things in my flesh that are crying out to to be met. I'm not even worried about those things because those things are those things are relevant. They're they're not the 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 nefesh that animal aspect of me are 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 necessary, but yet irrelevant at the same time when it comes to this place of me recounting your word and, and sustaining me accordance to your word. It's like food. You see, that's when I see this, I think about the aspect of food. My body needs food. There's an animal aspect of my body needing and requiring food. But Father, you sustain me. You bring about that place of the food. You bring about those things that my body and my flesh are crying out with. Remove me from the way of falsehood and graciously endow me with your Torah and graciously endow me with the depth of your word. I have chosen, there's your door. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have placed your ordinances before me. I have clung to your testimonies. 
Oh God, put me not to shame. I will, it's another choice. I will run in the way of your commandments for you will broaden my heart. You will bring me to that place where you expand my heart to see beyond. Father, I thank you for the place of that door and the path that has led me to the door through your son, Yeshua, the Mashiach. And that, Father, in that place, I can look at his ways. I can look at his word. I can, I can look at the fact that, that the things that I have done, the sins that I have committed, he took, even though he, he himself knew no sin. But I choose not to stop just there. I choose to look beyond. I choose to see his ways. I choose to see the way that he goes along the path, the way that the way that he walks, the way that he he portrays himself. Father, the 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 inner depths of who you are, because the truth is, is as I look at him, I'm looking at you. Because in him, I see you. Father, I thank you for that door. And if you're listening today and you're wanting this place of having this relationship with Yeshua, I don't normally do this, but I'm hearing the Lord say this today. If you're if you are crying out for him because you're 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 tired of looking at things the way you've always seen things, that Yeshua has died on the cross for you. But it's more than just him dying for your sins. He wants to show you his way and he wants to show you his path. So in this place, you go before the Father, you go before Yeshua. And ask him to take care of these. I'm not going to tell you what to pray because I want you to pray what's on your heart. I want you to have that conversation with Yeshua, with the Father in that place. You know what? It's okay. Even if you feel like you're 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 stumbling over your words while you're trying to express that, so be it. Stumble over your words. Look at the place of your heart. And if your heart is crying out to, to know the Father more, he will show you his paths. He will show you his ways. He will show you those things that you need to do in coming to that place of becoming like him. You see, there's been a light that has been placed inside of you. From the very beginning. And that light that was placed inside of you has always been where it's wanting to join with the other light, with the light of the Father, if you will, with the light of Yahweh himself. And so that's why there's always been this gnawing, uh, gnawing aspect inside of your soul where you've you've been crying out for something, but didn't know what it was. And many times you may have eaten dust may have done things that you didn't want to do, and your soul has clung to that dusk. But he says, 
I will revive you in accordance with my word. Allow this light, allow my light to join with the light that is already inside of you. And you will find that what I am giving you is water where you'll never thirst again. It's word that will allow you to see that you are far more than what you realize you are right now. So, Father, I thank you for those that are hearing this today, for those that are are reaching out to you in this place. And, Father, I thank you, and I bless you, Father, for this, the light being shed abroad into the earth, and that, Father, that that all are beginning to see that light of who you are. Yeshua, thank you for, for being the door to the path that I was taking that led to death. Now, as I've walked through the door of you, is now leading to life. And life and abundance and glory right now, here on this earth, it's not something I have to wait for. It's not, it's not I have to go to wait to go to heaven in order to feel and, and to know and to understand. No, no, no. I can feel, I can know, and I can understand them right here, right now on this earth. As you teach me your ways, you teach me your boundaries. You teach me those test your testimonies. You witness that place of, 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 of me becoming more like you. And showing, the, showing me the treasure that is me. Showing me first the treasure that is me. Then I may. Thank you for showing me the treasure that is me. Thank you, Father.